Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Hello, and welcome to episode 98 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I am Elizabeth Chapel of Quilters Candy, and I'm the host of the Craft to Career Podcast. This week, I invited my friend, Liza Taylor, to come and talk about something that she had just mentioned in passing, and I was like, whoa, 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 this is really good. Could we do a podcast episode about this? And so it is having your products and you, yourself, going and attending a craft show or a trade show or a fair, like being in person and selling your stuff in person which I have not done yet. I, yeah, I just don't have experience with that. And after talking with her, I'm like, well, I need to get on that. That's something I need to do. So I'm really excited to have Liza here. She is just very talented. She's someone who I admire both for her work and as a person for who she is. The things that we talk about today on the podcast, I have a PDF summary of the highlights of all of the things that we talk about, things to remember to bring if you do go to a trade show or a fair, uh, the things that Liza touches on, all of that is written on a PDF, and you can get that by going to quilterscandy.com forward slash 98, because this is episode 98, and you can get the show notes, but also the PDF with all of the notes and highlights and everything from this episode. Before we dive in and I introduce you to Liza, if you have not left a review for Craft to Career podcast, please do. I do not have ads for my podcast, but I do try to bring you the most value possible. I bring on guests who I think have a really interesting or unique perspective, and a lot of times you're able to get guests based on your podcast reviews. So the more reviews that I have, the more likely I am to get these awesome people to come onto the podcast to share free information with you. It also really helps my podcast to survive, to help other people to find the podcast. And likely, if you're a listener to the podcast, somebody mentioned the Craft a Career podcast to you. And if you can pay that forward, if you have someone you know who is a creative entrepreneur and is trying to grow their business, then go ahead and take a screenshot or share the link and share this podcast with someone who can benefit from it. So again, if you haven't left a review, that would mean the world to me if you did. And now let's jump in and meet Liza Taylor of Liza Taylor Handmade. Liza, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So let's see. Remind me what year. When did I first meet you? Um, You reached out. You messaged me a few years ago, maybe in 2019. And then um, we met. I took your course. And mm-hmm. um, then we met in person in, was it 21? Just last or yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or no, 22. Was I'm it 22? S- yeah. No, time is a weird thing. <laughs> it was 22. Yes, it was just last year. So. Okay. And I think, remind me if I'm wrong, but I initially reached out to you, and this is like a marketing strategy I share with people, but I loved your work, like the fabrics that you chose, the photos that you took, 
And did I, I reached out to you and was like, if I send you this pattern, would you just be willing to make it? Was that what happened? Yeah, definitely. And it was just like so thrilling to me. And you were the very, very first person who'd ever done that. I had like, I don't even know, maybe 500 followers or something. And I was like, she, cause I made some of your patterns and then I was like, she believes in me. Like she thinks what I make is cool. And that really just was like a turning point in my mind that like I could do something with this and I could make something more than just, you know, making quilts for myself. So I'm eternally grateful you did that. And it's something I would like to do in the future because it's such a great idea. It gets people making your patterns and um, just spreads the love. Yeah. And it's cool because you're selecting people who you know that you're going to like what they make because you've liked what they've made. So, you know, you're like, okay, yeah, you're going to do a good job with this. Yeah. And you can trust, you know, that it's in good hands. And you have made a name for yourself. Um, I would love to hear your journey. Like, okay, recently you've come out with these little, I think it's EPP or foundation paper piecing. Which foundation. One is it? Okay. What's the difference between those two? Yes, I'm asking that. <laughs> yeah. So um, foundation paper piecing is your stitching on paper. And then um, EPP is all hand stitching. Um, yes. Okay. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the refresher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, clearly, I don't do a lot of those. But I love the blocks that you've come out with. I love your patterns. You had the Dresden. Like, you just add some unique elements to what you do. Has that been intentional or is that like as you move forward, you've kind of realized you like that? Yeah, I think that's um, just more getting into more of my niche and what I enjoy making, um, which has been awesome. So not typical block-based quilts. I like um, just kind of, you know, mix and match and, you know, kind of random assortment, I guess. But yeah, that's definitely more the niche I'm heading towards. Yeah, I love it. And that's just been a self-discovery as you've moved forward. Like, oh, I like this. Yeah, so getting more into the FPP smaller blocks is mainly because of the phase of life I'm in with two little girls. I don't have any time to be making full quilts, really. So I was like, well, what can I work on that's, like, super satisfying to me? I can, you know, make it quickly. It can turn into a pillow or a bag or a wall hanging that's just, like, it's nice to do a quick finish, you know? Um, so that led me to the FPP and then designing the patterns. Um, but it's just turned into this huge love that I didn't know I had. So it's kind of funny how the time restraints have pushed me into a new direction. That's really cool. And we're going to eventually get to trade shows. But even before that, how have you grown your audience? Because you've done a good job of that. You know, you started off with, 500 followers when I first met you and now you have what looks like a very thriving business. So what have you done up to this point to grow that audience on Instagram? I would say there's two things that have really um, propelled me in gaining an audience and then in my business. So the first thing was being a tester before I started writing my own patterns. I was a tester um, and I would just reach out to designers and ask if I could test for them. I don't think Besides, like, you reaching out that one time, I'm pretty sure I did all the reaching out um, to other people. You know, I didn't care if they said no or, you know, if I wasn't their style, that didn't upset me or anything. Um, so being a tester and making all those patterns really helped me as a pattern designer, but also helped me get my name out there, out there because they would share my patterns or, sorry, share my um, makes of their pattern. And that was great exposure for me. Um, eventually I got into kidding the, um, 
the versions that I made. So that was great for starting my business as a fabric shop, and that helped grow it really well. Um, and then for my business, the main thing that's helped grow it is collaborations. So um, just reaching out to people, seeing if they want to do different, you know, free offers, free patterns, or paid patterns. Um, you know, I'll make this of yours if you want to make this of mine, and we can share it together. Um, but yeah, collaborations have definitely been the absolute best thing. And you are. I really appreciate that about you. Like, I mean, we're hosting the retreat for alumni in September, and it's because you reached out and you were like, hey, do you want to do this thing? I'm like, actually, yes. I've been thinking about doing that. This was the push that I needed, you know? <laughs> and plus, you brought a lot to the table as well. But um, yeah, and you do. You just reached out. I'm really proud of you. And to hear that you're like, I don't care if they don't want me, that's fine. I'm not deterred. I'm going to keep going. So that's awesome. Well done. Thank you. I think that's yeah. been a, um, like one of my strengths is I don't care if people say no. It does not upset me or hurt my feelings at all. And like, I guess it's just because I get it. You know, sometimes I'm not the right fit for people or my aesthetic isn't the same as theirs. And I totally understand. And it's no big deal. So the worst people can say is no. And there's no harm to me, you know, to just ask. Because if they do say yes, then there's this incredible thing that you've gained. So. Yeah. Well, and one thing that I've enjoyed learning about you as a person, you at face value, you're very sweet and like, so, you know, accommodating. But when you really get to know Liza, you have strong opinions that you're not just based on nothing. Like you, you're a deep thinker and you, you're not going to take crap for people, you know, <laughs> like you, you have your values and your standards and like, and like this, like you're very friendly and approachable. But if you don't like me, that's fine. Like, you're just very confident, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at in, in yourself. So I really like that. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you for saying that. Well, so the reason that I reached out to have you on this episode, you had shared that you went to a craft show. Is that right? Is that what you call it? It was a conference for teachers. Okay. So a conference for teachers. And you just were like, oh, FYI this is something to think about because I thought I was reaching everyone that I could, you know, on social media, but it turns out there's this whole audience who they're, they are your ideal customer, but they may not be on Instagram or they may not have found you yet on Instagram. So I'd love for you to just share, first of all, what this conference looked like and what your setup was like. Let's start with that. Yeah. So it was a conference for family and consumer sciences teachers here in Utah um, my friend Caitlin from Knot and Thread invited me to be a vendor with her. So um, it was great. We shared a booth and um, we each sold stuff from our shops. And um, it was just the best experience and something that I'll definitely be implementing in my business now because it was just something I had. I'd done a trade show before when my business was tiny, um, but nothing like this. And it just like opened my eyes to so many things and I'll definitely be continuing it with it. Yeah. I, I, I want to try it now. I've never done a trade show or anything like that. So if, so first of all, the people at this particular conference, they were all teachers, right? Yeah. So they were teachers, um, part of that division and then people could have booths. And so lots of the booths and tables were, um, 
like not necessarily selling anything, but they'd maybe be like agriculture companies or tech companies trying to like, you know, share what they do for like to you and, you know, try and get you to sign up or whatever they do. I wasn't too familiar with theirs, but then there were some like handmade businesses and just like mine and Caitlin's. And so it was a very diverse crowd because it was, you know, sewing teachers, um, nutrition teachers, then there was agriculture teachers or technology teachers. And um, so, yeah, very diverse. And it was just a crowd that I would never have thought to go be a vendor at this conference. But it was so beneficial. And I'm grateful that Kaylin invited me to do it with her. Well, and that's interesting because as I'm sitting here thinking about what kind of trade shows would I want to go to, I'm thinking, well, it'd make the most sense to go to like QuiltCon where all the people are going to be quilters. And I probably would have written off something like this because like, mm, what are the odds that I'd find someone? So can you explain why you felt like it was a success? Yeah, absolutely. And I was there with you. I was like, well, what really is this conference? You know, why would they want to see what I'm selling? Like, um, but there was a whole crowd of my ideal customers that I'm guilty of assuming, you know, everyone's on Instagram or, you know, most people have seen my brand, whether they follow me or not, you know, maybe they've seen my fabric shop in some way or my pattern shop. Um, which is so not the case. Not a single person there knew who I was or knew had seen my shop ever. Um, so, and they were all not all of them. All of my all of the customers there were avid quilters or avid seamstresses that you know they buy fabric regularly, they buy patterns regularly. So, definitely my ideal customer that had never seen me before. So, it was just the best way to get in front of a new crowd and new audience. Um, and yeah, just get in front of more people because up until now, my main source of marketing has been Instagram. That's it. So I definitely have learned through this experience that I need to branch out. It makes me want to like clone myself times a million and go to all the trade shows yeah. so everyone can see who I am and what my business is. Yeah. So what did you bring to this particular conference? Yeah. So um, it was great doing it with Kaylin because... I brought fabric and my patterns, um, and then she brought her patterns in in her um, bag patterns, her quilt patterns. Then she bought notions and supplies to make her bag patterns, and then I had the fabric to make her bag patterns as well. So we were a good team. Um, but yeah, I brought my fabric from my shop and my patterns. Okay. And... I kind of like that. So you're providing all the steps that people need. I guess if you're going to go a step further, you could have like the notions that you might need or cutting mat or whatever, but to have the supplies to make something. Um, and then I'd love to hear what insights you had from doing this. This was your first ever. What kinds of things are you like, okay, now that I've done this, I want to be sure to remember blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so just what you said, um, I think bringing a variety of items to appeal to as many people as possible um, is such a great idea. And if you have patterns, you know, sell kits, full kits for those patterns or the full, full notion bundle for the bag patterns, um, just so to make it as easy for people to shop as possible. Um, and then also bring samples of your work, of your patterns, because people love seeing the actual finished product. That definitely helped me sell my patterns because I had the quilts all made. Okay. 
Yeah. So they, they would see the quilts draped over my table. They'd come look and look at it. Oh, do you sell this pattern? You know, it was a great conversation starter. Okay, fun. Now that, I mean, that's a tangent there, but did you feel burnt out at all? I know like I can handle a little bit of that, but sometimes all that conversation, I'm like, Ooh, I'm kind of burnt out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was kind of nice at this conference because they would go to classes. Um, so there were lulls, which was nice to kind of regroup. Um, and it was cool because Caitlin taught a few of the classes there. So that was great marketing for, you know, her bag, her bag patterns and also our booth. So we would always have people come to our booth after her classes, which was super nice. So if you get the opportunity to teach at a conference like that, that's also a great idea to get more exposure. Oh, I like that. So did you sell any of your patterns that were not um, being, ex what's the word I'm looking for, that you didn't have like a real sample to show people? Yeah, so um, the definite, definite bestsellers were the ones that had samples there. But I also made um, business cards specifically for this event that had a QR code on it. Um, and you can get QR codes for free, which is super handy. And then I just made the business card on Canva. So, you know, it was really quick and easy. Um, but that had a QR code that linked directly to the rest of my patterns because I don't have all of my patterns printed. Um, so I made a few sales off that too, which was super nice. And that kind of, this is kind of a tangent, but just pass out your business cards to everybody and anybody who wants one, especially people that buy from you um, because several times I've been at, you know, markets and fairs and I've bought from somebody and then I come home and I'm like, oh, I'd love to check out their shop more. And I have nothing to see where I got it from, you know, maybe not even a name of the shop. So just pass out your business cards like candy because people keep them and save them and they pay off in the end. It's true. I remember back in the day when I had my subscription box and I was going to quilt market to look for, you know, to buy instead of sell. And I would go and see different displays and it's such an overwhelm of all the things. So I would come home and I would go through and look at all the flyers that I got and be like, oh yeah, that product, that product. If they didn't have a flyer or a business card, I was not going to remember that, you know? So that is really good advice. Yeah, absolutely. And they're so, like I said, they're so easy to make. If you want to make custom ones for specific events, you know, um, it's just really, really quick and Canva's free and the QR codes are free. So besides printing them and your time, it's an easy thing to do. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then I wanted to touch on growing your email list. Were you able to grow your email list? Because if you know me, you know I preach. Like, that's really going to be how you keep in touch with these people afterwards. Rather than hoping that they reach out to you, if you can make sure to reach out to them. So how did that look for you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Kaylin actually printed out this printable for both of us to display on our tables. Um, it just had their email and their name and they could sign up. Um, so I got like a couple sheets of emails from that, which was super helpful. Awesome. Um, and I wish I would have done this and I will do this at my next one is maybe offer like an, a, an incentive for them to sign up on your email list. Um, so maybe a giveaway that's just specific to that event, or you could send out a discount code, you know, a week later specifically to those that signed up um, just to really incentivize people to, um, 
sign up for your list. And that can go to your products as well. You could offer a special, special market pricing. Um, I know Caitlin, I think she did, you know, a discount on her patterns or maybe it was like buy three patterns and give the second, fourth one discounted. But um, I will definitely do that next time to help incentivize people to purchase as well. I like that. Um, which I'm thinking just off the cuff, if I were at a show and I saw there's going to be a discount if you sign up, I might be motivated to wait and buy later mm -hmm. to get the discount. So I like the giveaway idea because then I'm like, oh, well, you're motivated to sign up for the email list. But, and then, especially that buy three, get the fourth free, you're motivated to buy there at the place. So I like, I like my marketing wheels are going. <laughs> I'm thinking what would work the best. So then, yeah, have you reached out to them? I mean, it's a pretty warm audience. Meeting someone face-to-face -face is way better than like, oh, I saw this reel on Instagram. Yeah, so I need to. That's something I should have done earlier on the the show was a few weeks ago now. Um, I should have sent a follow-up email to those sp specific people. Um, maybe just saying it was nice to meet you or um, thanks for stopping by or something. But yeah, they're added to my email list now. So hopefully they're getting my emails. But I definitely should have reached out and we'll do that next time. And I'm just, I'm thinking right now, because in the Craft a Career course this month, we're talking about email sequences. Now I'm like... I could create a welcome email sequence and have it all set up. And anytime I go to a show, I just come in and enter those email addresses and they automatically go through that welcome sequence, you know? Yeah. My brain is going and now I can't turn it off <laughs> and now I need to find a show to go to. <laughs> yeah. No, that's such a good idea. I love that. So what, okay, I was going to go to QuiltCon this year. I ended up not going, but I was going to have a booth. And I think I had like a 10 by 40 inch booth, which once I really measured it, I was like, holy cow, what am I going to fill it with? But what, what, I mean, that's like 10 by 20, 10 by 30, 10 by 40, I want to say, what would you now having done that? Cause again, I've never done a show. What would you logistically think about like what to put on the walls, how to actually present this booth, you know? Yeah, so you definitely want to make your booth as aesthetically pleasing as possible and as welcoming as possible. Um, you only have people's attention for a few seconds before they decide whether they want to come into your booth or not. So make it as welcoming and as warm as possible. Um, just displaying as much as you can, as many samples as you can. I learned next time that I'd like to have more layers. Um, and it's always good to put your best sellers at eye level. So um, they're super catchy and, like I said, bring people in. But, yeah, just having lots of layers, keeping it interesting, you know, if you have a quilt ladder or um, different ways to display your quilts. But definitely also have a sign with your company name. I've gone into so many booths that have no branding or anything. So you just, I don't know, it just feels different when you go into a place and you're like, oh, like, this is a shop. This is a cool vibe. Like, I want to be here, you know, so definitely include yeah. as many marketing um, things as you can with signs. And like I said, business cards, maybe if you want, you know, T-shirts or aprons that you and your employees will wear if you have employees there. Um, but yeah, just different layers is key and make it as aesthetic as possible. 
So can I ask, when you say have lots of layers, what does what do you mean? What does that look like? So I'm sure you've seen setups where it's just like flat on a table, you know, maybe some patterns or some supplies here and there's not much interest to it. But if you bring, you know, hanging baskets or um, like tiered shelving, that just kind of moves the person's eye around your booth easier um, and keeps their interest. So... You know, if you had a huge booth that was like 10 by 40 feet or, you know, the quilt con standards, you know, you could have multiple tables, multiple racks, multiple shelves and, you know, fill it with whatever you want, but just keep it interesting. Yeah. And I wonder, again, I, I have not done like a ton of research on this, but I'm just thinking two years ago when I went to quilt con. Um, Kylie of Modish Quilter, they had like a couch in their booth. Now, granted, I know Kylie, so I feel comfortable with her. But whenever I was, there was a lull or I was tired, I would find my way to her booth and go sit down because it was comfortable. Is I mean, I'm assuming that's, I don't know. Is that a good practice to have like a place where people can get comfy in your booth? Or I guess you need to have the room. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's awesome because I saw some, a few people this year at QuiltCon. I didn't go, but online I saw them doing this a similar thing. And I was like, gosh, that would be so lovely like to go sit down and just relax. So it's lovely for the consumer. But then also as a business owner, like whether you make a sale from them or not, you're making a connection. You're getting to know somebody. Um, making a friend. So mm -hmm. um, I think it's a win-win for sure. And then a lot of places have like candy, you know, where you can grab. Is that, is there a science behind that? Yeah. Yeah. So lots of people did have candy or stickers or, you know, whatever, like little freebies to get people into their booth, which is awesome. I didn't do that. Um, but I definitely would maybe bring like a bowl of candy or something. Um, I did, when I went to a market a few years ago, a lady, this is before COVID, but she had a plate of cookies. And if you were following her on Instagram, she would give you a cookie. And I was like, oh, that's not a bad idea. Um, but yeah, just having, if you want to do those freebies, that's great. And also like just having little add-on items like that for people's orders. Like if you do stickers or pins, um, I think Caitlin had those. And I thought that was such a great idea. And I think every single order of hers had a sticker with it because it was just a quick add-on and, um, you know, just a little bit more money to each sale. And then also they were branded. So those people leave with the branded yeah. sticker of hers. That's smart. And like what kind of price point are we talking for a, a quick add-on item, like an upsell? I think her stickers were like $4 and then pins maybe were like 10 or 12 Um But people love stickers. I mean, you put them on your laptops or your um, drinks or whatever. So it's such a good way because then that's marketing for you. Anytime somebody sees their drink bottle, you know, with their mm -hmm. sticker, it's just, it's such a good idea. Hmm. I like that. Very, very smart. So, okay. Offer. I like the layers idea because I'm just even thinking anything in this world. If, if fabric design, a quilt pattern, we like to have dimension to it. Something that just is exciting for the eye to look at. But especially if you're in real life, I have seen those booths where you're like, mm, and then others where you have to go in just because it's so beautiful. You're like, let me see that up close, you know? Yeah. And 
I level your bestsellers. Okay, I am curious to chat about bestsellers. Did you find that the things that sold best online also sold the best at this conference? Yeah, absolutely. My best-selling pattern was the best-selling pattern there as well, which is super interesting. I guess, yeah, there's a reason it's a bestseller online. It translates well, which is nice. Yeah, so which is your bestseller? It's my Cottonwoods quilt pattern. So it's okay, got the... Okay, we'll put a link to that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's got the EPP in it and also the big panel patchwork. Um, so it's it's a quick make besides the EPP. Was that your first pattern where you did this like other element type of a thing? Yeah, so that was my second pattern and then the first that, I, that wasn't block based. So um, it definitely shows my audience liked that and... So it's been something I've used moving forward. And now I'm excited to offer another element of it is I'm going to make my FPP patterns the same size block as the EPPs. So they're all interchangeable. So you can kind of make it your own. And um, I just think that'll be cool. That is cool. And well, I think too, I mean, I could be wrong, but it's also really unique. Like I talked a lot to my students about like find a niche find a niche find a, a unique area that isn't being served and I feel like this design idea is it's new you know the elements of it are not but the way you combine it and put it together it's a very fresh Liza Taylor look you know and it's cool that you have your own look like I can look at something and be like that has Liza's name on it you know um which do people ever reach out to you for help with photos or fabric selection or I don't know. Oh, that's so kind of you to say. That's definitely what we're all aiming for, right? It's just that individuality. So thank you. Um, but yeah, lots of times people ask, you know, how do you get into finding that specific niche or, you know, how do you choose out the fabrics you do or um, how do you get inspiration for the patterns you make? And it's honestly just I'm using stuff that I like and um, it's been a process to get here. It didn't happen overnight. So, um, yeah, just keep following your gut and your instincts and following what you like, and you'll eventually get to that um, position. But you also do have an eye. I mean, this is all true. But I do think you have a talented eye for beauty. Like, have you been into interested in home decor or stuff like that? Yeah, so um, before I did quilting, my account is so funny. If you go way back, way, way back, it was a home decor account. So, um, <laughs> no way. <laughs> and then I slowly, so do like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. And I yeah, always did the interior design classes and the art classes. So it's definitely been something that's been in my wheelhouse for a while. But I found, finally found something that sticks with quilting and something that just is, you know, such a love in my life. So... Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, and then I guess the, well, these are my last questions. And then if you have other things you want to share on the topic of the craft show, I'd love to hear it. But the logistics of paying. So I, my patterns are carried on Shopify. I've never done in person. How do people pay? Yeah, so there's several different um, platforms, I guess, for um payments, taking payments, and they're all pretty comparable price range or uh, price points, what they charge and um, per transaction and stuff. So um, I personally went with Square because I'd heard great things about it. 
But definitely do your research and find which one appeals to you most in the type of show you're doing, in the type of things you sell. Um, it was important for me that I had one that didn't necessarily need Wi-Fi um, because Wi-Fi is kind of, you know, can't always be the most reliable source. So mm -hmm. having one that didn't need Wi-Fi was important to me. Having one that I could easily link to my Shopify and easily link to my um, items that I sell um, was important. So yeah, there's tons. And then in that, you can buy all the gadgets, all the technology you need, right? So you can buy a tapper or um, I just bought the little swipe thing. Um, the app does come with a tap built in. So that was super nice. Um, but definitely offer multiple ways people can pay too. So, you know, bring some cash or if you want to do Venmo, make sure, you know, you know what's what to charge for sales tax um, so that you can have every customer come shop with you and you don't turn anybody away. That's true. You do not want to turn someone away who wants to buy your thing. Um, so did people pay you cash as well there? Um, I actually didn't have anybody do cash, which was interesting to me. I thought I would, but everybody did, majority did credit cards. Okay. Venmo too. I had so okay. Then when you mentioned the sales tax, before you go, did you? How do you figure? Like, let's say I had gone to QuiltCon in Atlanta, Georgia. Not that you're the sales tax expert, but like, I'd probably reach out to my CPA ahead of time. But how did you figure out sales tax? I guess you were in Utah and you are in Utah, but yeah. So that makes it super easy. I actually knew the sales tax only when only because I was setting up my Square account. Um, ah. they were like, what do you want to ch charge, you know, typical Utah sales tax? And I was like, oh yes, I guess I do. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Something to research for sure. Well, that's nice to know. So you're in Shopify as well. Yeah. And they just said, do you want to charge sales tax? And you just click yes. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I like that. That's the way I like to go. Like, <laughs> yes, please take care of it for me. Yeah. <laughs> so then, um, when you say you can buy all the add-ons, what about a scanner? How do you type in, like, did you have a UPC code or how do you know what to charge for each thing? Yeah, so since I I only brought fabric bundles and then pre-cut fabric by the yard and then my patterns, my paper patterns, which are all $12. So it wasn't too hard to keep a list of price points and items that I was bringing. But if you... If you have a ton that you're bringing, you can put them into the Square app, and um, it makes it super easy to charge people. You just search, you know, Cottonwood's quilt pattern, add it to cart, um, you know, fabric bundle, add it to cart, and then it puts their total with the tax, and then you can just hit checkout. Um, but yeah, you could also bring a list of things, or I'm wondering, I didn't use it, but I do think the Square app has a scanner if you have... Um, a QPC code to make it easy and fast, but um, I just preloaded everything before the event. Okay, so you literally just went in on the app, and it would still work even if you didn't have Wi-Fi? Uh-huh, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Okay, I cannot wrap. I feel like, <laughs> where have I been with technology? You can do that without Wi-Fi? Yeah, it just okay. worked off my, my data plan, you know? Okay, gotcha. 
Yeah. So, okay, my questions are answered. Are there any other things that you're like, oh, I need to be sure to share X, Y, Z? Yeah, so I think my three big takeaways from the event were, of course, sales. You want sales. Um, and then marketing. It's just a great way to meet a different audience or a broader audience. Um, but something that equally was just as important that surprised me was the amount of market research I was able to do and how much I learned about my own brand. Um, it was super surprising to me because having an online business and working out of my home, I don't ever usually have to talk about my brand <laughs> or myself or what I sell. Um, but having people come up that not weren't necessarily quilters or sewers saying, what do you sell or what are you doing? Like that was invaluable to be able to practice like you know, speaking about my brand and giving insight and representing my brand in a way that I never had before. So did you think ahead of time about your outfit and like, should I wear something that's on brand or? Yeah, um, I didn't. I wish I maybe next time would have like, you know, my logo or my company name on my t-shirt. But um, yeah, I wish I would have maybe thought more about that. But yeah, it was just a strange new thing having to talk about my brand more than I ever have to do. And also it's just amazing the market research because I put out what I think people will like, but having actual people come and me watching what they gravitate towards, what they're buying, what they're looking at, what they're not looking at was just so invaluable. So now I know going forward, oh, maybe that pattern, you know, the, nobody really looked at that one and people gravitated towards this one. Let's continue in that direction. And, you know, what did they want to see more of or what did they just glance over really quick? It was just a huge, it was just very eye-opening and a great experience for that. That is invaluable. Holy cow. That's like amazing. So can I put you on the spot and have you reenact a little bit? Let's say I'm a stranger and I come into your booth. I'm like, hi, so what do you do? How would you answer that? Yeah. So in the past, I guess like, um, I would maybe just have said, oh, I'm a quilt pattern designer and I own a fabric shop, you know, and that was kind of it um, because I didn't really know how to speak about my brand. But, um, you know, I would say I'm a fabric shop that specializes in these fabrics. You know, I'm really drawn to these colors and these graphics, this company, um, these manufacturers. I'm also a quilt pattern designer specializing in these type of quilt patterns Um I've had my brand for, or my business for, you know, X amount of years. And, um, you know, it really brings me a lot of joy. And I love seeing what other people make with the fabric they buy from me or the patterns they buy from me. Um, it's just a super fulfilling thing. So it kind of brings more, like, personality and more, like, um, experience, like, my personal experience with my business into it which people resonate with and kind of ask more questions about after. Absolutely. In fact, I'm thinking now Spanx, a brand that I love. Um, Sarah Blakely tells her origin story a lot and I love it. Like $5,000 and her red backpack. If you don't know her story, you can go and find it. But, um, but I resonate with that. And then chicken salad chick is another restaurant around here. And I've noticed every chicken salad chick restaurant you go into, it has her origin story of like, she was in a hard spot. She came up with this. People loved it. Now there's this restaurant. But I think it's cool. People resonate with stories. We love stories. 
to meet you face to face and hear a little bit of your story and how you got started. It's just way more natural when you're face to face like that. And they're asking you like, so what do you do? You know, and you can tell them that it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And it's like I said, a great conversation starter and leads into, you know, more dynamic relationships or more in-depth conversations, which are super great. Now I'm wondering if I ever do have a booth, if I have my origin story kind of written down where people can read that and like, hmm, I kind of like that. It's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Big things you said, you um, obviously you get a whole new perspective of like what people are gravitating towards, which is so huge. I want a booth right now and I want to see like what are people, you know, looking at and I wonder if it matters based on where it's placed. Anyhow, I want to try all the things now. <laughs> Um, yeah. and then getting brand recognition for yourself, you're getting clarity of like what, what I offer, what I do. And was there a third one that I'm missing things that you were takeaways? Um, just the sales side. So honestly you pay your booth fee and as long as you're, you know, breaking even with that fee, I think it's a win. So whether you have tons of sales or not, I think it's a huge invaluable experience because, you are getting so much more out of it. Like I was saying, the market research, you know, meeting customers, getting new customers, maybe there'll be a customer later. Um, just, yeah, it's, there's so much more to it than just sales. Yes. Awesome. So I heard you mention you didn't go to QuiltCon this year. What shows are you planning on doing in the future? Yeah, so, I mean, QuiltCon would be like the most amazing show to do, right? But I think I won't do that for a little bit. But um, I would like to do, there's a big event that's across the whole state. It's called Vintage Market Days. Um, and I've been, a, I've attended for years and years now. And it's just like one of my favorite events to go to. They have a whole area for vintage um, things. And then they have a whole handmade area. So um, small businesses and handmade items. So I think I would fit in really well there. So that would be the ideal thing to do. That's awesome. And okay, how can we say you wouldn't go to QuiltCon for a couple of years? <laughs> I guess it's just... I mean, as a booth. Yeah, I guess it's just daunting to me now. Like, I I, need, I would love to do it. I would do it if, I, if the opportunity presented itself. But um, that just seems like the mecca of markets. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that would be an amazing thing to, to be a vendor at for sure. No, it does actually seem daunting. Like I had paid for a booth and it just turned out I couldn't go because now I can say it. My husband left Merrill Lynch and they started their own company. So it happened during QuiltCon. I was like, oh, I need to be here for that. Um, but while I was home and it was getting close to QuiltCon, I'm not going to lie. I was like, I'm so relieved. I do not need to get that ready right now. Like, oh, it feels like it's a lot of work, you know? So, and now that it's passed and gone, I'm like, I don't know. So hearing this is good, because honestly, I'm like, will I ever do that? It's so much work, but it is very valuable. So yeah. And the thing with QuiltCon is that whole audience, everybody attending is your ideal customer, right? So like it's, it's the best market to go to because they're all somebody who would shop from you, you know, probably. So it would definitely be the best one, I think, to go to. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Well, very cool. So for our listeners who want to find you, where can they find you? Yes. Yeah, so on all social media, I am Liza Taylor Handmade. And then my website is LizaTaylorHandmade.com. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing about this. And for our listeners, they also don't know, this is our second time recording this because <laughs> I'll go into more detail later. So thank you times two for doing this <laughs> and being a guest on the Craft a Career podcast. No problem. Thank you for having me. Of course. Liza, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. It was a pleasure to have you. And honestly, it just leaves me with this feeling of like, oh my goodness, I have got to go and be at one of these shows. I, I want that market research. I I mean, besides the overwhelm of like, what, what will I bring? How will I set up my booth? The information, the human connections, it's really invaluable. So thank you so much for sharing about that, Liza. And I'll have to follow up and hear how it goes when you go to the Vintage Days, I think it's called, Vintage Market. And hopefully we'll see you at QuiltCon at a booth one of these years, you and me both. Next week on the podcast, I have a special episode that is me. I am going to share with you, I know I've talked before about what success is, but I have really had a very eye-opening experience this last weekend. It will impact not only your business, but your joy in how you show up. It will affect your marketing. It will affect every aspect of your business as it has for mine. So uh, I'm really excited about that episode that I will have for you next week right here on the Craft a Career podcast. Until then, have a wonderful week and I will see you next Friday. Mm-hmm.